Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the Should You Visit Before You Die segment of the podcast. Uh, today, we'll be answering the question, uh, should you visit Beijing, Shanghai, or Hong Kong before you die? And I am lucky enough to once again be joined by Melissa Andretta. Melissa, welcome. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me, Josh. I'm excited. So, Melissa, before we hop in, you know, we talked last time how you're lucky enough to work uh, on the corporate side of SFO. Uh, is your relationship from with China uh, precede that, or have you been able to to cultivate it more through your job? Uh, I've been lucky enough in the last five or six years to probably get over there. I would say a dozen times, at least a dozen times. Um, primarily for my job at SFO, but a few times I've actually extended trips, business trips that I've been on. And I've actually been on one trip over in Asia where I, I went to China just for some fun. That's really cool. Um, I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, so truth be told, I have not been to, to Hong Kong. So I'm going to depend on Melissa to perhaps like, you know, ha- rank them in the hierarchy of these three. Of course, they're all wonderful cities and we, with all respect to the Chinese people, but we're going to kind of get right at it. So um Melissa, when, before I went to Beijing in December of 2019, right before the pandemic, I was lucky. Um, I had heard, and perhaps it's a bit ignorant, that Shanghai was kind of like the Manhattan and that Beijing was kind of like the D.C. And of course, that has kind of negative stereotypes because Beijing, you know, China is not a democracy. Um, and that Shanghai is kind of more fun and urban and Beijing, you kind of feel kind of the government military presence. I must say... I was only there for like five or six days, but I did not agree with that. I thought Beijing was pretty awesome. How, how does that statement strike you? Uh, I, it's so funny. I think that they must tell that to everyone or or it must be in some book somewhere or something because I heard the exact same thing um, the first time I went. And I think like the first couple hours you're in those places, sure, maybe, you know, you go to Shanghai and there's these towering like amazing skyscrapers. You kind of feel like you're maybe in Manhattan or something. And there's this very um sort of neon energy, like you're in Times Square, there's all these big lights. And maybe when you first get to Beijing, it seems a bit more like DC because you have all this like Marvel facade um, situation sort of happening. But I think after you're there for a couple hours, I completely agree. Um, I think once you sort of crack past those like big boulevards in Beijing, where you have all these, um, you know, government type buildings, you get on some of those side streets and get into some of the neighborhoods. And it's really lively. Um, like I felt like in Beijing that some of the neighborhoods I visited there were were more cool than the ones in Shanghai. So yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, all right, let's go one city at a time. Let's start with, with Shanghai. I want to put a pin in something that you mentioned quickly about yep. the skyline. I, I will say I'm not as well traveled as you are, but Shanghai has the best skyline in the world, right? You sit, you sit in front of the bond and we can get into that and you look across the river and there's what? 30 buildings over 60 stories high and the, the lighting is like incredible. Like it's amazing. It's a, it is amazing. And that's, that's exactly where you go. Like you go to the bond, you get a lot of these hotels over there, have these beautiful sort of rooftop bars, um, like get up maybe like 10 stories high and you look across the river and yeah, there's like 30, 40, I don't know, so many buildings and the light displays are just ridiculous. Like they're full buildings. 
they're synchronized. Um, there's like words flying across like multiple buildings. Um, it's always changing, like depending on the time of day that you're looking at it. Um, and you can just sit there like mesmerized for hours. It's, it's, it's like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And then I think about like, you know, our cities here, we have amazing skyscrapers and I have friends in Europe, whenever they come over to the U.S., they're like, you guys do cities so well, your skyscrapers are amazing. And then you go and you see that and you're like, oh man, we have a ways to go now. Yeah. The lighting of the buildings there is a cultural art form and I'm here for it. It's pretty awesome. It's awesome. It's so cool. Um, yeah. So I think it was your recommendation. And actually, Sorry guys, I cut you off. It's a totally different city, not Hong Kong, not Beijing, um, not Shanghai, um, but of all places, um, Hangzhou in China as well. They do an amazing job with their city lighting. And it's, it's, they actually have the lighting around sort of this pond area there as well. And it is all synchronized and they synchronize it to music every night. It's like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. So side trip, go to Hangzhou too. Yeah, I stay. I think you you recommend. I stayed near the Bund, about like a quarter mile from there. And you want to just tell the listeners real quick what the Bund is. Yeah, the Bund. So the Bund is sort of on the other side of the river from these like big skyscrapers, and you have more of these traditional um, European type buildings. And there's some really great hotels there. You actually walk inside and you feel like maybe you're in London or something like that. Um, different feel. You don't have the skyscrapers. It's sort of an older area, um, but it's great. It's a great place to stay. And there's this amazing walkway that goes on for, it must be a couple miles. I mean, it, it's, it's really long. I don't know like the full distance, but it's a great place for people watching. Um, and it's sort of like the old side and you're, you're looking over at the new side. You're looking over at the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's well said. Um, and I'm not a historian, obviously, but I think the bun comes from the, con the great concession, which, you know, early 20th century, like way early where uh, Europe came to kind of take the coast of China. And they were kind of just like, go ahead, take it. And the Chinese gave up Hong Kong, gave up parts of, of Beijing and Shanghai. Sorry, Shanghai, not Beijing. Uh, and we colonized it um, thinking was, OK, yeah, you can take you can take these cities in the concession, but we'll still be here. Um, so there's these like huge european style buildings right right on the river there yep. and yeah it is kind of the old the old part of the city i'm babbling but anyway the food scene i, I love the food scene I, I told people last time like when i travel i'm very cheap so if there's like a a food scene where you can walk around kind of street food but it's really delicious and inexpensive i'm in so i kind of like ate my way ate my way through shanghai oh yeah the food the food in shanghai is amazing and um, you know, you go to some of these restaurants too. I think it's really fun if you can find a local or two to go with, so you can sort of follow them to their favorite places and you go and you have these amazing meals with like all these, you just let them order and you get all these dishes and you're kind of at the round table and you're like spinning the thing around, you're getting all the different food. It, it's really amazing. The food is super, um, it's super different there than actually Beijing. It's weird. I can't even put my finger on how it's different, but you can tell there's a difference. Um, and yeah, and the street food as well is, is super exciting. And sometimes you're taking maybe a little bit of a risk, but I've never been sick in China. I've been there like a dozen times and I've never gotten sick once. So <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It's like the food is much lighter there than it is Chinese food is with me here. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Oh, one thing we missed was the train. It's kind of a shtick, but when you get to Shanghai, um, the airport 
is about what would you say about like 30 miles, 40 miles from the city? Yeah. But, yeah. It's about 30, 40 miles. Yeah. And what's the name of the train? God, I don't know the name of the train. It goes um, about 250 miles an hour. And it's kind of a mind fuck because one, you see the city so illuminated 30 miles away and you get there in like seven minutes and you're like, how did that happen? Totally. And then two, and then two you see cars on the road and you're going like five times as fast as they are. And yeah. it's pretty cool. And you're, and you're passing building after building after building. Like I'm talking like, you know, 50 buildings that look exactly the same that are all high rises that, that, you know, people are living in. And it's, to me, it's when you get a sense of like, oh my God, I really understand the population of China now. Yeah. It's an enormous city. Um, it's, it's fairly simply laid out, but you know, I remember one time asking somebody when I first got there with abundant was, and she said, just, just follow all the people. Um, it takes sometimes can take a long way because it's time to get from point A to point B because of all the people, but that's just part of the experience. You have to just go with it. Definitely. Um, all right. So let's move on to Beijing. When did you first go to Beijing and how many times have you been there? I think I've been to Beijing probably four of the times I've been to China. Um, and probably the first time I went there would have been maybe 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. Um, and where did you, where did you say that first time? Oh God. Uh, always sort of big Western corporate hotels. Beijing is a place where I could not give you a tip on a cool sort of, uh, boutique type hotel to stay in. I'm sure I stayed at like the Westin or something like that. There's two major, major tourist attractions in Beijing that I thought were pretty awesome. The first one was the Great Wall of China, which of course you can get to from a lot of places, but with in Beijing, we took a cab out to the Mutianyu segment of the wall. Um, it was about forty-five minutes out the, outside the city, and it was fucking awesome. Have you have you been? I've been I've been to two different sections of the wall. Um, could not give you the names right now, but both were amazing. Um, one was more maybe like about an hour and a half outside of the city. It was intense. It was like a full-on straight-up climb. It wasn't super touristy. Um, and it, yeah, it's what you have to see the wall. Like if you go to Beijing, like you're so close, you have to go. Yeah. Uh, funny. Well, I mean, it was so exciting. We got there and the first thing we started doing was like, we we're like, this is pretty awesome. I get to do this. And we started Googling like coolest things on earth to do. And like <laughs> being at the great wall of China was top 10 on, on many lists. Yeah. Also funny story was they asked us when we got there, like, do you, you know, you take it, you take a ski lift up, but do you want to take a toboggan down? And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. I'm a little old. I don't know. And they, they said Michelle Obama did it. And they turn around and there's this huge mural of Michelle Obama taking a toboggan down. It's, it's real. You know, it's a picture of her. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I will do it. That's amazing. <laughs> I, did not, I did not hear about that, but that sounds quite cool. Yeah, it was like fun. I was like, where am I? I feel like I was like an action park in New Jersey, not like at the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then have you, have you been to the Hutan district, Hutong district of, of Beijing? That's where we stayed and it was pretty awesome. No, where is that? I, I mean, possibly, but describe it. I mean, I'm really butchering it, but it's kind of a place with a lot of like a lot of great walking food down by the water. It's kind of like a, it's old city. Um, I don't know. I can't wait. It's such a big city. I'm not doing it justice, but it's kind of like I would say kind of like the mission <laughs> of San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there before. Yeah. It's interesting that the, the four times I've been to Beijing, um, I never have a, a car. Like usually I get like sort of a, a taxi 
to the hotel that I'm staying at. But then I always use Didi, which is like their Uber, right? And it's like, the, I don't know if you used it when you were there. It's the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, you order it just like an Uber, a car shows up. And a lot of times, like the person driving the car obviously doesn't speak English, but they have this feature where you can like text in English and it translates in real time. Oh, and like, yeah. and that's like, and that's how I have gotten around Beijing. I, I like to wander and do like urban hikes around the city. So like, I'll have like, you know, let's say four or five hours after a meeting, I'll just like, you know, find a site that I want to go to in the city. I'll put it in the DD and then I'll just start like wandering around. So I think I've been to that area you're talking about. Another spot was Tiananmen Square. Um, and that was kind of a hassle. Like you had to show your passport to get into a street. It was like really difficult to just stand in front of the, of the palace like that. And I understand why, but it was, I got frustrated, but it's still pretty freaking cool. I mean, to us in the West, you know, it's kind of the site of the of the massacre or the tragedy in 89. But to them, it's like the, the Lincoln, it's like the, the the mall in D.C., right? It is. Yeah, it is. And it's the sheer size is so impressive. Um, and I've been there a couple of times now and there always seems to be something going on. They always seem to be preparing yeah. for some sort of state parade or event or the last time I was there, they were actually getting ready for um, some anniversary. Uh, and so there are a lot of things blocked off, but then there are like, you know, soldiers everywhere around there and soldiers marching. Like, it's just sort of like a feast for the eyes, um, when you're there and it, the sheer size is and the number of people there. It's just really impressive. All right. So now, uh, Hong Kong, um, have you been there in the last couple of years during kind of this period of social upheaval? I have not. I've never been there at all. Okay. So the last time I was there actually was probably like a week or two after some, some major protesting had happened. Um, and I remember I was actually taking uh, one of the ferries. There's so many ferries in Hong Kong. And I was probably one of maybe only five people on that ferry who wasn't part of a protest. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and it was, it was like, it was the hot, it's, sometimes Hong Kong gets so hot, right? It was like 95 degrees, crazy humidity. There were all these people, um, they're all dressed in black. They were protesting, um, but it was very peaceful on the boat. And uh, when we got off the boat, it was very orderly and peaceful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that must've been, gosh, only like maybe two years ago now, I think was the last time I was there. Is Hong Kong more Western Beijing and Shanghai? Hong Kong is so, yeah. Hong Kong is so Western. Hong Kong. I remember the first time I went there, I lived in England for five years and I, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in London again. Like they even have, you know, double decker bus buses there. Um, you know, you see some like London type cabs there. Um, even like just sort of the chain restaurants that they have, like they have like, you know, pret manger and like very things that you would see like in the UK. When you find yourself traveling to, to China for work out of the three major cities, which one do you find? How would you describe their like, are they business hubs? How do they differ in terms of like the corporate world? Uh, corporate world, definitely in Hong Kong, it, the meetings are a bit more Western for sure. Uh, in Shanghai, the meetings, they, I mean, the stereotype's true. They're a bit more New York. Um, and in Beijing, the meetings are super, super formal. And there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. There's, <laughs> uh, you know, you go, you go into uh, this big sort of room and you are seated by importance. Like, so, you know, the, the two most important people are sort of at the front of the room. 
Um, and it, it's very nice. In Beijing, oftentimes you're sitting in this very nice, comfortable chair, and right next to you, you'll have like sort of tea waiting for you. It's very formal. And there's sort of a very, uh, you know, the, the most important people sort of uh, talk at a certain time. Uh, the less important people talk at a certain time. Uh, I found in the meetings there, like, you know, we'll come in with our very Western way of like, you know, hey, we have all these ideas. We all, and there's a lot of listening that usually takes place, um, you know, on the Chinese side of things. And then, you know, at the end, they will sort of all pull out this highly organized sheet where they have all of their ideas already sort of put together <laughs> and they'll sort of read from that, right? Um, because I think we're a little we're a little in our Western ways, like we want to go in there and we want to make the deal where it's a bit more about maybe starting a relationship first before doing anything too crazy. So, um, but yeah, different. But whereas in Hong Kong, you, you could go in and you might feel like you're in a meeting like, you know, in the U.S. almost. Before we get into kind of ranking the three, where else have you been in, in, in China? Show off so, a little bit. So, yeah. So I've been to um, Xi'an, which I highly recommend Xi'an. Xi'an's where you can go see the terracotta warrior soldiers. And it's also, they, they have an old walled city there. It's about, I think it's about five square miles in, inside that you can sort of like hang out in there. And then you can actually ride a bike around this wall. It's like an elevated wall. I think it was built like in 1350 or something like that. So definitely get Xi'an on your list. Um, I've been are to Guangzhou. Guang are, the, are the terracotta warriors kind of a, a, an homage, like a sculpture for like a ruler? Is that what they are? Uh, it's, it, it was where someone was buried. One of the rulers was buried there and mm. he had this like whole army sort of protecting him. And, and from what I like, when you go there, there's not a lot in English that you can like read about what you're seeing. So what I think is the case is that they still have so much more of it to dig up that they haven't dug up yet. Yeah. And they haven't found so the, much the tomb yet either, I think. We won't even like see it in our lifetime, unfortunately, but huh. they still, they still have a lot more to go. But what is already dug up is so unbelievable. Like you could spend a full day there and, and come back for another day. It, it was amazing. Um, so definitely get Xi'an on the list. Um, I've, I've been to Guangzhou. Guangzhou is interesting. It's in the South. The food is amazing in Guangzhou. It's hot. It's hot as uh, you know what down there. Um, so there's a lot of like indoor shopping malls and stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Guangzhou maybe on the top of your list. Um, I've been to Western China to Chengdu. Chengdu is really interesting. It's more, it's a newer city, but it's like, you know, a lot of people don't even like know about the city of Chengdu. And I think it's like 8 million people there or something. I mean, it's a huge city. Um, and it's sort of the gateway to the West. So it's, it has a little bit of a different feel. Um, I'm a big hiker. So what, one of the big mountains, um, Buddhist mountains, Mount Ime is out there. So I hiked up that mountain. That was amazing, like beautiful monasteries and stuff. Um, I've been to probably the most beautiful place in China that I've been to is uh, you can go to this place called Guilin and you can take a boat ride from there to Yangchuo which is the River Lee. And it's kind of those sort of very green, beautiful mountain cars, kind of like what you see in Avatar, like that sort of look. Right. Um, and you go for like three or four hours down this river and it's just beautiful. It's like the scenery is unbelievable. Um, and then I've been to Shenzhen, Hangzhou, uh, Shaman. Uh, Have you been to Wuhan? 
have not been to Wuhan. No. And we we actually at SFO, we had a pre-pandemic, a nonstop flight from Wuhan. That's one of the few places I haven't been there um, though. But I hear Wuhan's pretty cool. Yeah. In terms of like reading, I I, I read a couple novels while I was there, uh, Decoded, Decoded by Mai Jia, M-A-I space uh-huh. G-I-A, The Three Body Problem, which I always talk about, and Waiting by, by Ha Jin, H-A space J-I-N. Um, mm-hmm. I've also, have you been to, to Taipei? I, I have, it's pretty cool. I've been to Taipei, um, only once and briefly only for like three days. So I don't know Taipei well. Um, but I, I enjoyed it there. Taipei is really cool. Well, I mean, while, while I was there, I will say it feels like they've turned the page and they, they think that they are their, their own country, you know, whether or not that bears out, but I, I actually consider it. I, when I think about places I've been in China, I don't include Taipei on that list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. There's a there's a very different feel there for sure. All right, Melissa. If someone wants to go to China, uh, and he or she only has a week, um, of the three cities we've talked about, Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, where to go? I'm gonna say Beijing. Yeah, you know, I think why? Why? I think it's I mean it's the Shanghai is amazing, and so is Hong Kong, but I feel like you can get some of the things that you get in both of those places and other places in the world. And I I really don't think you can get that in Beijing. I think Beijing is so unique. It's so different. It's so China. Um, And I don't know how long Beijing is going to be the way it is. So I I say Beijing. I think I agree with you. Um, before, before I went, based on my ignorance, I would say no, but I would say, again, I'm being grossly oversimplifying here, is that the great things about Shanghai, like the food and the immense size and the technology and the buildings, you can get that in Beijing, but you also get more of like the Chinese government and Great Wall of China and, and uh, uh, Tiananmen Square. So, so I think Beijing. Yeah. I agree. All right. For the, so outside the top three, what would you recommend someone for like a stealth trip? Stealth trip. I, I like Xi'an a lot. Um, I was, I was so pleasantly surprised when I was there. Um, like I said, you, you have the sort of go-to terracotta warriors, obviously. Right. But this, this walled city, um, portion of Xi'an is, is so impressive and doing this sort of cool bike ride around it was so cool. Then you go, there's this other area with all these like cool pagodas. I think one of the pagodas is it's something goose pagoda. Um, and it's by these amazing fountains. And at night they have these crazy sort of fountain displays that that they run with music. Um, and everybody's sort of out and about there. There's like street performers everywhere. There's just this like good vibe there um, in Xi'an. So I, I would say that's sort of my my sleeper for China. Is there, a, is there a good way to get there these days with your SFO exp- uh, experience? Like, you know, uh, we used, to, we used pre pandemic, we had a nonstop flight. I think it was three or four times a week to Xi'an on United. Um, now, I mean, it's, it's just tough during the pandemic. All of our flight, most of our flights to China um, just aren't operating right now. And, and, you know, we just, we're just kind of waiting to hear. And it's all about sort of government restrictions right now. Like, you know, when things are going to open up, we know the demand is there for sure. Um, I'm ready. You know, bring yeah. Yeah. I think we're all ready. Like it's, it's hopefully, you know, by the end of this year, at least 2022, 
um, we're all kind of missing out on international travel and and I'd love to get back over there sometime soon. Is is the airport picking up? Is the are the flight is the flight line picking up? Yeah, the the airport. Um, it's been really interesting. We SFO just because of our location. Um, you know, on the coast and our reliance on international flights, we've been really hard hit. Uh, but we've really seen some nice uh, recovery, especially in domestic so far. And we've seen that once things sort of open up internationally, there's going to be a lot of pent up demand. Um, we, and we're lucky too. We have we have a lot of flights right now to of all places India uh, that are packed, as well as Mexico is doing really well. Uh, El Salvador, a lot of the places where it's like visit family and friends, those places are doing really well. Um, the problem with a lot of Asia right now is there's just really really uh, strong restrictions in place. Do you hear any rumors about countries uh, like letting us back in, <laughs> like Europe, like EU? Yeah. <laughs> I, we were hearing last week that Switzerland um, is going to be allowing Americans back in. And actually, like our last podcast, uh, Iceland, Iceland is actually allowing Americans in now if you're vaccinated. So or if you can show that you have antibodies. So get on that plane to Iceland soon. All right. Yeah, that reminds me. Yeah, Melissa and I did a podcast about a month ago uh, asking the same question about Iceland, of which she is definitely an expert. Uh, so Melissa and I have concluded that if you're the city to visit China in China before you die is Beijing, correct? Correct. Yeah. All right, my friend, I appreciate yeah. your time. Thank you so much.